Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Parenting with Play. I'm so pleased you're here because I'm really excited to introduce you to somebody all the way from America, Michelle Pasta. She is fabulous. And what we want to talk today about is anger, because have you ever felt angry at your child? And Michelle is brilliant and she is a therapist and a mindful, an online mindfulness teacher for parents. Um, and she's here to talk about anger because what she does is she helps um, parents who are caught up in anger and burnout to turn all that around to become free from guilt and shame. She's just wonderful. So I'm really thrilled to have her here. Welcome, Michelle. Hi, Helena. It's a pleasure and a privilege to be here with you. Oh, I'm so thrilled. I'm so thrilled. So is that enough of his introduction? Do you have anything else you wish to add? Um, yeah, oh, I, I should guess... actually say you've got three children. Yeah, that's true. That's important. I have twin 10 year olds, a boy and a girl, and then I have an eight year old daughter. So I found you five years ago when I had five year old twins <laughs> and I had a three year old daughter and I was in the weeds and I was found your podcast and I was so grateful and I reached out and you actually had space to see me. And I was like, oh, I couldn't believe it. I was so excited. And, and I'm just so grateful that you're part of my life because parenting is hard. Parenting is hard work. Yeah. It's hard. It is. It is. And, and you've got the double whammy of twins and then another child very soon afterwards. So, I mean, you had, you had three children, two and under or three children under three? I had three children, two and under for a year. <laughs> yeah, that is intense. That is really intense. So yeah, yeah it's been so wonderful to to get to know you and to hear about um, you with your children. And, and I just think what we're going to talk about today is so perfect because parenting is hard and that rage that we you know, we, you're a you're a mindfulness coach. You're a therapist. You know, I've done personal development before I became a mom. You know, we can think we're setting ourselves up really well to be this calm, zen-like, patient figure, and then when actual reality hits, it's like, oh my god, this is not, this is not good. Yeah, and oh, apparently I have a monster that lives inside me that I didn't know about that comes out. <laughs> And stressful, overwhelming situations. Okay, this is not great. I don't love this. Yeah, I didn't realize I was as angry as a person as I actually am. I thought I was quite a quite patient and laid back. So yeah, that monster within. Because I, you know, we tell our children, don't shout, and you know, try and help them. And then I have found myself standing there, and I have literally stamped my foot in rage when I was trying to deal with my child. And I'm going, oh my God, I'm having a toddler tantrum in my thirties. Right. And we have fully developed brains. <laughs> yes. So we don't even have an excuse. Right. Yeah. Yes. So that rage is real and parenting anger is real. And it's, um, and I think probably a lot of parents deal with it, but there's so much shame, so much yeah. shame because you can't tell anybody that you're angry 
I mean, maybe if you have a few close friends, you know, you could be like, oh, I yelled at my kid today. But five years ago and before, I did not have close friends. I didn't have anybody to turn to, to talk to. And always in my mind, there was someone else that was like the perfect parent that would never yell at their kids. And so not only was there the yelling and anger, but then also there was so much shame, so much shame and shame makes you want to shrink and hide and, you know, not tell anybody and feel like you're a terrible, horrible person. And, um, so that's part of why I want to talk about this because, I don't want anybody else to feel alone and to feel ashamed and to feel like they're the only ones that go through this with their kids. And also it's really painful, you know, like it's painful to have yelled at your kids when you want nothing more. I'm assuming that everybody listening to your podcast is trying to be a connected parent, you know, has learned about this and understands it. You know, I certainly did as a therapist. It was almost like I wished for ignorance is bliss. I was like overly informed. (laughs) And then thinking about my adult clients that I work with that have issues because of how they were raised. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. And so, um, yeah, like everybody listening, right, is trying really hard to do this connected parenting thing that cares deeply about their relationships with their kids. And so the last thing you want is to yell at them. That's the last thing anybody wants. And in reality, it happens. It happens because we're overstressed and under-resourced and, um, and for many reasons, you know, because of the number of kids we have, because of issues that our kids have, because, Maybe stuff that's happening with our partner or our parent or our job or whatever. There's so many stressors that we're facing. And so I just, you know, think about how I was in the bathroom crying alone, feeling ashamed. And I'm like, I want to tell whoever is in the bathroom alone and crying, you're not alone. You're normal you're probably overstressed and under-resourced and you're not alone and you're not a bad parent. And so that's why I'm like, want to help other parents. They're struggling with these same feelings and same um, patterns, you know, that you get stuck in with your kids. Yeah. Oh gosh. I so relate. And, um, and there's that saying, isn't there? When you know better, you do better. But we can, I mean, we all know not to shout at our children. We all know not to even, you know, lash out and be mean and in whatever capacity that is. But yeah, there's times when we just can't help it. And, you know, I can be there sort of standing there raging and it's coming out of my mouth and I literally can't stop myself, you know, and because I'm just like so overwhelmed with current frustrations, current stress, you know, what my children are doing, the current stress that I might have in my life. I'll often have a voice in the back of my head going, well, I wouldn't, you know, it's often my parents' voice going, I wouldn't stand for this behavior or, you know, what are you doing with that? Whatever that voice is, we all have some sort of version of it. And so, you know, cumulatively, it's like, oh my God, I I, I, I can't, I literally cannot stop myself. Um, yeah. 
and yeah the shame so yeah this is a this is a really big topic I mean, I feel like I couldn't even talk to, I'm a therapist, so you'd think, you know, I would get therapy, but I didn't feel like most therapists understood what I was feeling and why I was feeling that way. Because if they didn't understand the connected parenting piece, I think that they might just go down lots of rabbit holes (laughs) that were not helpful. And if they didn't understand the stress that parents can be under and what's you know, I think that was what I heard in your podcast was like that you just had this understanding and that's what you conveyed when we started meeting is like, oh yeah, you just get it. (laughs) And there's not this layer of judgment or fear of like, oh my goodness, well, you should probably like go to therapy or maybe she should be on medication or maybe your kids should be, you should all be in therapy and be all medicated and like, and like, I don't, I'm really nervous about what's happening in your life. And that was, you know, yeah, people just don't get it. They just don't get it. And so there is really, it feels like only some people, like people in this world, people like you that can really understand the level of stress uh, that parents can experience. I remember like a similar situation. I don't know if it's similar, similar in that I was filled with rage, (laughs) but it was the hardest time. So I hate when people say it doesn't get easier. It gets different. Okay. Just for all you guys out there that have like two and three and kids under five, it does get better. It does get easier. That is BS that it gets different. I'm not saying it's easy. It's not a cakewalk, but it is easier than having toddlers, like, and infants, that's freaking hard and it will get easier. So just, you know, hold that. So anyways, when, when I had to take my kids to preschool, it was a nightmare (laughs) because I was by myself. I was, you know, I was overstressed seeing lots of clients a week that I didn't really understand. I didn't get why I couldn't do that. I didn't think it was, I should, I thought I should be able to do it all. I should be able to be a therapist and see as many clients as I wanted to, you know, and there was no problem with that. And I should be able to come home and be this like loving, understanding mom. And I should just be able to do it all because uh, I don't know, this just seemed like that's what other people were doing. And it seemed like a reasonable expectation. And it was like, never occurred to me that maybe I was trying to do too much or that maybe having three kids was a lot or three kids under the age at that point of, you know, four was a lot. Um, so anyways, getting them into the car in the morning was a nightmare. I hated it. Like, you know, you had to get them dressed and like, there's always like a blowout, you know, a diaper blowout right before you leave. So three kids that don't want to get dressed that you have to like try to not lose your mind, just getting them dressed, feeding them. That'd be great. And then you have to get them in the car. You have to put them into seats that they don't want to go in. You have to buckle them in a five point harness that they don't want to be buckled into to go to a place they don't want to go. So they're not helping. They're not cooperate. They're like, you know, let at the very least loggy lollygagging at the very, you know, at worst they're throwing a fit, like they're crying. I don't even remember what they would do. I only remembered that I was constantly enraged 
and feeling terrible about it. So this one particular day, I got them all into the car and I guess it was, you know, took everything I had. And, you know, also I'm like most likely sleep deprived because, you know, they're little and there's sleep issues and blah, blah, blah. So I'm probably sleep deprived, overworked, under, you know, under resourced, don't have any friends or social support. And I'm finally get them all into the car, get them all buckled. And I'm so filled with rage that I like leave the car because I find I'm like, God, thank God they're finally in the car. And I come inside and I like kick the playhouse and, and it was a play kitchen. And I just remember like, I felt like such a crazy person, you know, like just so crazy because it was crazy. Like everything about the situation was crazy. And there was like, you were the first person in my life to be like, Michelle, that sounds like a lot. That sounds like you have three little kids. That's really hard. And I was like, yes, it is really hard. It is. It is really hard. And everybody else just seemed to be like, you know, my mom would be like, well, maybe you should work more, you know, because it seems like it's hard for you around your kids. Maybe you should work more. Not understanding that my job as a therapist is really stressful and I'm taking on other people's stuff. My husband didn't know what to say or do with me. He thought, oh, I don't know, maybe you should work more. He didn't know what to do with any of it. You know, it's not like he has, well, he's not resourced either, right? So my only two people that I could talk to didn't really, like their, their suggestions were, were to work more, which is not what I needed. It's mm-hmm. not what I needed. And so it felt crazy and guilty and ashamed. And here I am like, you know, kicking the stupid kitchen. And it was just so fucking terrible. Sorry. Am I allowed to cuss? Maybe you'll have to go for it. Absolutely. Cut it out. It was just so terrible. And, um, and then I think when I got like, when I got into connected parenting, and I start, I, I reached out to hand in hand and I like got a person and I started talking and I like got better because I was taught like, oh, you have three kids and you know, the ratio is supposed to be like four adults to one kid or something like that. And I'm like, what, in what world? It's like, okay, if that's true, no wonder I'm crazy. Oh. And it's also, so I thought, you know, I really believed if I just worked out more or just meditated more, or if I just, I don't know, did more therapy, like as a client, you know, I would eventually, but the truth is like, if you're in an enormously stressful situation, there's no amount of running or meditating or whatever that you can do. That's going to like totally take away all the stress. And I thought I just needed to try harder I lit- I thought that's why I just I just needed to try harder. But the harder I tried, the more crazy I felt. So it was crazy making. And so at some point, I um was reading Doctor Mc. Oh gosh, I'm gonna have to Laura Markham. Her. Yes, thank you, Doctor M- Laura Markham's Markham. book, and she's yeah. saying something like, you know, if you just like take that, there's this nice pill you can take, and it only takes. And you, and it like relieves stress and anxiety and helps with anger and blah, 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 blah. And it just takes 30 minutes to take and it's meditation. 
And I was so like, I was still getting triggered so regularly, um, which the best I could do was I would, you know, my kids would do something and now I had, I was starting to have support. Right. So I don't know at that point, I think you were maybe in my life. So I had had some hand in hand, like parenting, coaching, like I had some education that maybe I wasn't crazy. Maybe I was just doing too much and I had extraordinarily stressful circumstances. Okay. Okay. That was helpful. But I still was like getting triggered, you know, with my kids did stuff like throw their cereal bowl or, you know, I was in, I was supposed to like be playful or like, uh, I don't know what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to like, you know, yeah, be playful, be, uh, have this nice, compassionate, warm response. And it just took everything I had not to scream at them. And that was like a win, you know, <laughs> like if I didn't just scream in, in response. So being playful was like a, a step down the road that I wasn't, I couldn't quite access. So anyways, I started meditating. I had done it a little bit. So I, I hadn't, I wasn't totally a novice, but anyway, I started 30 minutes a day for a month and it like, was mind blowing. It, it expanded my window of tolerance from, so like, you know, you think about your fuse and my fuse was super short, you know, anything was just like, ah, you know, even if I didn't scream and yell at them, I felt it on the inside. I couldn't be responsive in a compassionate way. I had to remove myself to calm my nervous system down so it was still pretty difficult to say the least. So meditating was like, it was shocking to me that in a, after a month, it was like, I, I didn't do it seven days a week. It was like five days a week for 30 days. And it expanded my window of tolerance noticeably, you know, from being regularly, you know, just triggered and expanded feeling explosive, even if it didn't come out to now I had like 10 breaths, you know, like I, it, I don't know how to explain it more than that, but it was crazy. And I, so I've been doing it ever since because it, that noticeable of a difference and a, like a huge need that I had. Wow. I mean, first of all, how did you find the time? Like, you know, if you've got this sort of crazy life whirlwind how on earth did you manage to find 30 minutes or even just allow yourself to sit for 30 minutes well I did it at night before bed because I couldn't fall asleep easily anyway so there's lots of like recommendations but I basically was like I'm going to do whatever I need to do to do it so you're not really like some people don't suggest doing it in bed because you might fall asleep I didn't fall asleep easily so I sat up in bed I wasn't going to fall asleep anyways, you know, because I'm like, my mind's racing. And so if I had to wake up early, I would lose sleep. So I decided I would do it before bed. So anyways, I would, I use the app 10% happier. And um, I, I think I mostly did unguided. I don't know why, but I just did, but there's lots of guided ones. So I'm sure I used those as well, but. Did you listen to music or was it just silence? Silence. Mm -hmm. Wow. But I had an, I had enough. Um, I'm not sure when I started doing the 10% happier courses because 
it really helps to know what the heck you're doing. Cause a lot of people have this misunderstanding that when you meditate, you're just going to zone out and you, if you're not zoning out, then you're not doing it correctly, but that's not true. Your mind will definitely wander. I, I can't even go 10 breaths. It's been three years of meditating. I cannot meditate and count from one to 10 without my mind wandering. I have ADHD. I'm very, uh, hyperactive, like energetic person. So <laughs> sitting still at the end of the day was easier because I'm tired, you know, but, but my mind wandered and it didn't matter. The only different, the only thing is you just, you know, say, Oh, mind wandering and you bring it back to the breath. So I, it still worked. That's the good news. You don't have to like zone out and not think about anything. That's not a realistic expectation. That doesn't happen for anybody maybe Buddhist nuns, I don't know, but not average people. And also you can, it still works. You still get the benefits. That's the amazing thing is you still get the benefits. But um, yeah, I had to learn how to deal with my triggers. And I think that's the thing that I really wanted to help parents with because I had to figure it out on my own. I was like, okay, I can stop myself from yelling, but I'm still flooded with emotions and I'm still like overwhelmed and triggered. And also if I did yell, I would be filled with shame. So I had to like figure out tools for all of this in order to like calm my nervous system down enough to eventually be able to return to the kids and like just go on with the day. Yeah. So do you find, so it reduces your chance of going off and, and losing your mind when you find that you are, and do you not get to that stage anymore? Or do you find when you are at that stage, it's easier to, to pull back? I definitely still get to that stage. It happens a lot less often, which is yeah. great. Mostly it, I would say you know, it kind of feels like on a scale of one to 10, if 10 is losing it, it feels like, um, you know, there's like a number that you, it's like, once you reach that number, like it's a foregone conclusion, you know? So before it was like a five, you know, once I got to a five, it was like, I'm definitely going to yell. But now it feels like I can go all the way to an eight. And, you know, I, there's like more space for me to like talk myself off the ledge and use lots of tools and, you know, call a friend and, uh, you know, do all these things, all these strategies. Whereas before it was like pretty much if anything stressful happened, like I was going to lose it. But yes, to answer your question, I definitely still can lose it. And the other good thing is, um, it, I think helping working a lot with my shame, that's how, where I use the self-compassion And none of this can be done in a vacuum, right? Like the fact that I have a parenting support group that I do with you and the fact that I have friends now and I have a a listening partner that I've talked to once a week for probably seven years. It's crazy. We've talked once a week for seven years. I don't, I'm not that it's amazing, but anyways, um, it's not just meditating, right? Like I do lots of things to stay sane. 
<laughs> lots of things to like manage my emotions and manage my nervous system. But the other thing that's really helpful is before whether or not I would, I would yell, I would go into this shame spiral and I would feel so bad about myself and so, you know, shameful that I would like emotionally detach, even if like for an hour or several hours, like I would just plummet my mood for the rest of the day. So now the, the biggest, um, well, not yelling, not losing it to begin with is great. But also if I do lose it, I can bounce back a lot more quickly. Like it doesn't plummet my mood for the rest of the day. It's usually like a half an hour or maybe an hour. I mean, I still have bad days. Don't get me wrong. But it's like before his particular instances, it would be like, you know, now is a little easier to bounce back and to recover and um, to come find like that grounded place again. Whereas before it was super hard to do that. So with the shame, what were you telling yourself before and what do you tell yourself now? Or do you just allow yourself sort of grace that I am going to lose it? Because I think a, a lot of the time is when we think, well, I shouldn't be doing this. I know not to do this. I should be meditating. I should be blah, 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 blah. And yet I've still lost it because I used to think, God, I am such a failure. Either I was a failure trying to do it because I wasn't doing it mainstream way. And then I was a failure because my kids weren't behaving like I thought they would have done on, you know, by being, I didn't think I was a good enough aware parent or hand in hand parent, you know, so I just was like, when we have such heavy expectations on ourselves, it's easy to just like, oh God, I'm just hopeless. And for me going, everybody loses their mind at their children, everybody at some point, to some degree, I'm not a bad person. I'm really good at all these other things. Look at all these other things that I'm really good at as a mum, And that has helped me offset and just go, it's okay. <laughs> if I can forgive myself. So I'm just interested to know, how did you, you know, what is it you tell yourself? What's your internal dialogue like? Yes, that's a great question. So yes, very much. So when I was in, I would say full on burnout and depression, like severe depression, there's the language that I would, the way that I would talk to myself is what's wrong with me. Why am I doing this? I'm a failure as a parent. I'm a failure. Like, I mean, even though I didn't feel like I was, I'm like, I'm, I was ashamed because I'm a therapist in doing this. Like there was so much. Yeah. There was a lot of like, what's wrong with me. I'm going to hurt my kids. I'm damaging them. I'm ruining them. Um, basically the difference between shame is, and guilt is shame is I'm bad and guilt is I did bad. So just, I was used, um, two self-compassion tools. One of them is Kristen Neff's um, self-compassion break. And so basically the first part is mindfulness. Like I'm overwhelmed and like being able to mindfully say like, that's what's happening right now. I'm overwhelmed. I'm angry. Like naming it. That's mindfulness. The second part is just what you described, common humanity. I'm not the only mother who experiences this. I'm not the only mom who yells at her kids. I'm not alone. I'm not a terrible parent. And I would even say to myself, like, there is probably another mom struggling with getting their kids to school right now, (laughs) right? Because it's like 
time to go to school. So there's probably in the, my kid's school or in the school district or in the state, you know, I mean, if you expand it out, it's probably thousands of parents that are struggling right now. So reminding myself, I'm not alone. It's normal to struggle with kids. It's normal to be triggered by, you know, stuff. Cause also I would be like, what's wrong with me that I'm so triggered? Why, why mm -hmm. is my fuse so short? Like, I guess I'm broken. I don't know. But so that part was really helpful. And at first I didn't really like believe it. It was just something I was telling myself. It helped to talk to you. It helped to talk to my listening partner, but I still had to kind of fake it till I made it, you know, like I would try to reassure myself, even though there was a part of me that believed it and part of me that was still struggling with shame. Right. And then the third part is self-compassion. So it's like, the things that that you would say to me when we would have a call, like you would say, oh, oh, lovely. It's so hard. I hear you. And so uh, what I would do is remind myself of you and my listening partner and anybody else that I trusted that I knew would not judge me or think I was terrible or bad. And I would just like picture you in my mind. And I would just say that to myself, like, it's normal for this to be hard. It's okay. And it took a long time, but over time, my language did start to change. I would say it took a couple years, maybe several years. I mean, it didn't change overnight. I'm not trying to like make weird promises. It I was severely in shame. So it took a long time for my language to real. Now I'm like, oh gosh, I must be really stressed. So it used to be, I'm terrible and bad. What's wrong with me? To now it's like, oh, I guess I'm really stressed out. What's happening in my life that I'm so stressed out? Oh yeah, this is happening with my husband or this is happening with school or this is happening with work or I'm really tired. Okay, that's why I'm having a hard time today. So it took a lot of practice like over and over again in the bathroom, repeating this to myself, calling my listening partner, calling you over time, that language changed from sh really severe shame, shaming, like statements to now more of like guilt and like, oh, this sucks. It feels still mm -hmm. crappy, but it's not like, you know, I don't know. It's not that severe depression, you know, shame place. And the other one I really like is a rain is called rain practice by Tara, Tara Brock and rain stands for recognize, accept, investigate and nurture need. So recognizes again, I'm overwhelmed. Ah, I'm losing my mind. I'm angry. I'm frustrated, whatever. So naming it, accept, uh, uh, allow. That's the A. That is like, can I allow myself to feel this way? It's kind of like what you were saying with it's normal. Like, you know, and oftentimes we feel like I shouldn't be angry. What's, you know, blaming ourselves. So we kind of like kick ourselves when we're down. So instead it's like uh, another meditation teacher calls it like, welcome to the party. So I say to myself, welcome to the party, anger, welcome to the party, frustration, welcome to the party, whatever shitty mood and feeling that I'm having. I say, welcome to the party. Welcome to the party. And that is kind of, kind of like shifts the 
even the way I'm thinking about it, right? Like I'm not bad and wrong for feeling this way. It's like, this is a feeling. I don't like this feeling. I don't want to have this feeling, but this is what's, this is what is. And then the I is investigate. So it could be like, where am I feeling this in my body? Like I want to explode. <laughs> That's usually what it feels like that I want to explode. And then, or what am I believing? Like, what is this fear believing? So this morning I was having a hard time getting my kids to school. I don't know why my son was having a hard time. And I asked myself, I removed myself from the situation because I wanted to yell and I, I did not feel playful, even a teeny tiny bit. So I, I removed myself from the situation. I laid on the bed and I started doing this rain practice and I get to the eye and I'm like, what am I believing? I'm believing that I'm never going to get the kids to school, that I'm a terrible parent because I can't easily get my kids to school, um, that I'm a bad and mean mom because he isn't feeling well and he's tired and I'm not very empathetic or understanding about that. I just want you to get to school. <laughs> And so I was like, okay, well, they're going to get to school. It's going to be 15 minutes and they're going to be at school and it's going to all be okay. It's going to be okay. And as soon as I said that to myself, I started crying, which is a little, you know, helps move through the emotion, right? And the N is nurture need. Like, what do I need right now? You would ask me that over and over and over again. I was like, when I was in severe burnout, I had no idea what I needed. I literally would have a half an hour and I would just remember sitting in a parking lot, like staring off into space. I don't know what I need. Should I go home? Should I, should I go into this store? I have no idea what I need. Like I was so under-resourced and so like frazzled. That was a very difficult question to answer. So it was helpful to like constantly be asking myself, what do I need? And oftentimes, like, I need to know that I'm normal. I need to know that I'm not a terrible parent. I need to know that my, my son's going to be fine. For, even if I wasn't the most empathetic, loving, compassionate parent this morning, he's going to be okay. I'll yeah. check in on him <laughs> this afternoon. He'll be fine. We'll be fine. It's a moment in time. If it's a really hard day, the need might be, I need to call my listening partner and vent. I need to like, you know, have coffee. I need to go for a run, whatever. The in could be, it could be a million different things, right? But the in is like, what do I need? So these are the things when I am catching myself about to yell, or if I'm in the middle of yelling and I catch myself then I remove myself from the situation because usually I can't handle, you know, we can't always remove ourselves. Like that's the reality. But if I can, I remove myself from the situation and I go through these practices to help me shift my brain state from, you know, flooded with emotion to what's happening you know, calming my nervous system down. And the reality is just like our kids get flooded. And like, I think it's Daniel Siegel, right? That has that brain model where they flip their yeah. lid. We flip our lid too. And it takes 20 minutes without any additional stimuli of a kid yelling at you, throwing things at you. Um, what else might a kid do? Um, talking back, ignoring you, <laughs> like whatever. It takes 20 minutes to 
get back down to baseline, right? So so I need help. Like I have to remove myself. I have to give myself a break. I have to, and then I have to like go easy on myself when I come back into the situation and not force myself to, um, to follow through with a limit. Mm-hmm. You know, if I can't handle it, I, I learned it's better to just address it the next time. Because today, for whatever reason, I can't handle it. It was so hard to give myself permission to do that. To give myself permission to turn on the TV when I knew if I interacted with my kids, I would yell and scream. I didn't, I hate, you know, I felt like, oh, I'm a failure. What's wrong with me? I have to turn on the TV to, you know, deal. But the reality is I didn't have anybody else to There was like nobody else to watch my kids. So I needed to calm down. Like I had to reset my nervous system. I had to let them watch TV for a little while so I could calm down and return to baseline. And then I could go back to the day. So those were other things that were really hard to accept initially. But over time, I just was like, I just have to, even though I hate it and I don't like it, I don't want it, but I just have to. And it helped, it helped, it helped, it helped. Yeah. Amazing. And cause we can think, oh, TV is so terrible. I've got to do anything to keep my you know, kids off screens. But in that heat of the moment, it is far better that they sit and watch TV for an hour. than you completely lose your mind at your children, you know? Exactly. So, yes. And it's, it's it TV. sucks when those are the only alternatives, but yeah. Some, but somebody, I can't remember who it was, but somebody read or in a, wrote in a book or something, basically when their kids were like in their teenage years, they were like, oh yeah, mom, remember when you used to like randomly turn on the TV and we would have pizza for dinner. And for her, that was when she had lost it and she, you know, or was about to lose it and was like, this was all I can do is just turn on the TV and let my kids eat pizza. So she probably felt, and for them, it was like a special treat. So that was like, okay, I can, it's all right. It's all right. Yeah. It's all right. It's all right. Yes. Yes. It's more than all right. And I also think because we, um, we're trying to parent a different way. So we're trying not to use the harsh punishments and the disconnection and the tools that, you know, our parents did with loving intention. Um, so a, we've got more pressure on ourselves and B, our kids can sometimes be more, you know, quote unquote, out of control than say we were when we were little. Like I was such a good girl. I mean, I obviously had my moments, but I was a good girl. And that's, I often see that most of my clients are going, I was really good. I didn't, I didn't throw things at my mom. I didn't talk back or be rude. And because we are wanting to parent in a different way, we have a higher tolerance for our children behaving like that because we're trying to do it in a really connected way and so we can we're there we're there we're there and then suddenly we just that's it we flip our lid and we're done and then we can put extra pressure on ourselves because we really are we're we're doing such awesome jobs you know every time we listen to a child crying every time we play a game and connect with a child we're doing so well but there are times when we just get to a point and we just can't do anymore and I think because we're not using you know rewards charts which really have been designed to stop everybody from losing their minds because we just want to control our children so we don't get to that point so you know 
there's so much pressure on ourselves to do it right, to not lose everything, to not lose our mind. You know, so yeah, it's it's a it's a perfect storm sometimes. Yes, for sure. And I think that was another thing that was helpful that I had to learn was when uh, I think Patty Whitfleur from Hand in Hand says, like, if you can't listen, it's okay not to listen, or actually it's better to not listen. Yeah. And that was like a relief because I would feel guilty and bad. I can't listen. Like I'm so triggered and flooded with emotion. Like all I can, the best I can do is not yell. Or like you said, if I'm listening and I think I'm okay and I think, but then all of a sudden they say or do something and I'm just like, oh, I can't handle this anymore. The best thing I can do is just remove myself and it's good enough. Like there are times which it sometimes it still surprises me that my kids are losing it and having big emotions and I'm okay. And I don't really know why (laughs) like, okay, today I can handle this. I'm not sure why, but let's just go with it. I can handle this. I'm doing okay. I have like regularly check in with myself. Yep. I'm still doing okay. I still can handle this. And sometimes it's like, 10 minutes in and I'm like, nope, can't handle this. That has to be enough for today. Like I'm out, you know, and then the, I just stop listening and remove myself and just distance, you know, like I can make sure they're okay, you know, physically or whatever, but I don't have to be listening intently to their emotions. You know, I don't have to do that every single time and it's okay. And I've seen my kids make such huge, I mean, part of it's brain development, I know, but also they are not kids that are like, have all their emotions shoved in a box, you know, like with me, they do show their big emotions, which is great, but also like you said, really hard. And, um, what was the rest of my train of thought? And, um, and I've seen progress, like I've seen, like, um, them move through the arc, you know, like where the, they'll have the big emotion and then they'll come out the other side and it doesn't happen all the time. Every time it happens occasionally. And it's great when it does, sometimes I can listen to a little and that's as much as I can take, or I listen to a little and I I'm fine, but they just don't like complete the arc and they're still kind of like, you know, and whatever. I don't, I can't, like, it's not always this perfect, you know, A plus B equals C thing. Like parenting is messy. And it's, I think that is something else that I had to come to realize. Like, it's not, it doesn't matter how hard, how perfectly I do hand in hand. That's what I thought initially when I got to hand in hand, I guess you interchange that with aware parenting. I thought if I just do it perfectly enough, I'll have perfect kids that don't have big behaviors. That's not actually, (laughs) that's not how it works. That's no, like we're human. So we have emotions even, and it's awesome that we can be there and and like help our kids through them. But parenting is messy. So they're not gonna, you know, be these like, I don't know, perfectly regulated kids. They're going to be kids that can show me their emotions and they're going to be kids that can move through their emotions. And that can be hard, but, but I am so grateful for this model of parenting. And I'm actually, 
it, I, I I think it's benefited me at least as much as it benefited them because I had to deal with so much stuff that was coming up in all these interactions of my own that I don't know of any kind of, you know, therapy that would have that direct access to like these triggers and, oh, that, well, how did that go when you were a kid? Uh, not so good. It didn't go so well. Yep. That's probably part of why I'm triggered and part of my makeup and, you know, all this stuff. So yeah, I'm very grateful, even though it's hard, it's hard work. And that's why I can't do it personally without support. I can't, I couldn't mm-hmm. do this without, you know, without regular parenting groups, without my listening partner, without also resourcing myself. Cause that was something else that you all said regularly. It seems like you're under-resourced and I'm like, what? does that even mean (laughs) you talking about? Of course I am. (laughs) And so that was novel to be like, you know, the whole, the, the saying about put your own oxygen mask on first. It's such a cliche, but it's so true. So true. I have to go for a run because otherwise I'll lose it. I have to, I, I like to, I want to, go for a run. I want to meditate. I want to talk and to my friends and have support systems and all of these things I need and I like, and, um, they're what helped me stay resourced enough to like keep going and putting one foot in front of the other. And it doesn't mean it's perfect. It's not perfect, but it is, um, it is manageable. It's manageable. And it did, it used to feel completely unmanageable. It was completely. I love hearing this, Michelle. It's so it's so inspiring to hear from, you know, crying in the bathroom, locked in the bathroom, to then where you are now with your children. And <clears throat> it's not about being perfect. And I think that's, you know, at the heart of this approach is about connection. And connection is messy. Connection is raw and sometimes not pleasant, but other times it's deeper rather than having this facade of I'm fine everything's fine. You go and do that. I'm not getting involved with your emotions. I'm not showing my emotions. You know, there is a disconnect then. Whereas I remember reading when I first, um, Robin Grill and he, um, he's an Aussie, uh, he's a psycho, he's a psychologist and he's very much in parenting sphere. He's written some great books and, you know, people saying, well, is it okay to show your emotions to your children? Is it okay to show your anger? And he was, and it gave me permission to go, it is okay. As long as you're not overwhelming your child. I mean, obviously there are times when we lose our mind and that's not ideal, but it is okay to go, I'm actually really frustrated right now or I am really angry right now rather than going, no, it's fine, dear, it's fine. Because sometimes I'll like do this with my teenager and just, can you just do this? And I've got this certain voice, which you can tell them, you know, and she says, mom, stop with the voice. And I'm going, oh, would you rather I just say how I'm feeling? Yes, I would. I'm going, oh, okay, that's really interesting because I'm thinking I'm trying to hold it in and be this really good mom. And she's like, oh, it's horrible. So, you know, Robin was going, yeah, it is okay to, you know, I think he had a two-year-old at the time and she was standing on a chair. So same head to head height. And she's like yelling at him. And then he does a little, I mean, obviously restrained because you're not going to grown man yell at a two-year-old, but just expressing, going, oh, I'm a bit angry too, you know, like, so then they're, both expressing, but in a connecting way. Um, and I was going, oh, it's okay to be real, not 
you know, over the top, but just to like, yeah, I am. I'm actually really annoyed right now. <laughs> and, and, you know, your children can see you doing those steps to move through it to then get to the point where you then are together and you can move on and in a connecting way. So yeah, it's not all bad showing our anger. It's just in a, in a bit more of a healthy way, not in a completely losing our shit way. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think of it as I, my real big emotions come out in the parenting support group and they come out with my listening partner and my kids get like the, you know, a real version of me, but not the messy, you know, like that I take to adults who can be there for me and who can listen. And that doesn't, you know, uh, that's not scaring them, right. Where that would scare my kids, but, but yeah, I can be real with them and they know if I'm having a hard day or they know if I'm, you know, sad or, and they know on, like you're saying on their, on the level that's appropriate for them to see and hear about. And, um, I loved it. My daughter, the other day I did yell at her and that felt really crappy. And I apologized kind of, you know, but it was like in passing because it was like on the way to school. And so the next day I apologized again. And I was like, just her and I one-on-one where I could like look at her in the face and say, I'm sorry. I yelled at you. That wasn't okay for me to yell at you. And she's like, it's okay. Well, it's not okay, but I understand that you are having a hard time and, you know, everybody has a hard time sometimes. (laughs) And I loved how she said, it's, it's not okay. You know, like it's okay, but it's not okay. I, I don't want her to feel like it's okay for people to yell at her and that's okay treatment. I mean, the way that she said it was beautiful because yeah, we do all have hard times. And I think that's something that like, I didn't get to see with my mom. Like she was seemed to be superwoman and could do it all. She did say later, like, oh yeah, I almost had a nervous breakdown a few times, <laughs> but it oh. seemed like <laughs> yeah. she could do it all. And so I feel like my kids know that life is hard and messy and I don't, it's not easy. And that, and, and so they won't have those weird, you know, unrealistic, hopefully, I mean, maybe they mm. still will. Maybe they won't have as as unreal of expectations of themselves. And maybe if they get angry, they'll be like, oh, people get angry. It's okay. You know, and versus like getting more angry and ashamed and then like it's spiraling and getting worse. <laughs> and I think that that's also a big part of this as well, because, you know, they can see that you're angry and yet you still have a very strong relationship. It's not like you're giving them the silent treatment or you're, you know, you're holding it back in and not connecting. You know, we do lose it to some degree. And that's why listening partnerships are so good. You know, whenever I'm in one, I just swear like an absolute trooper in my listening partner. I mean, I God, I let rip. And it's great because then I can go back to my chugging. Oh, sweetie, <laughs> what's the problem? You know, because I've had that outlet. But I think it shows that because I was terrified of anger. I was terrified of my anger. I didn't think I was allowed to be angry. You know, if somebody was angry with me, I was going, oh my God, that's it. They hate me. I I I don't know what to do with this. Whereas I think sort of, you know, you're explaining to your children, you're apologizing. I mean, I didn't have my parents apologizing to me for anything like that. So you're, you know, there's so much that there's so much richness that goes on with this. It is the repair because everybody stuffs up and we are going to repair, but also 
I love hand in hand and aware parenting because it's it feels like it strengthens the relationship too. You can move through this and go, oh, I hear you, and it must have been scary for you, or I know you hated it when I said this, and I'm so sorry. And I can be, it's such a genuine way of being with our children. So thank you, Michelle. It's been so wonderful to hear hear everything. Um, and so you know, what is it that because I'm sitting there going, God, I want to do this meditation. Tell me more. What are you What are you offering? What are you doing? Because <laughs> this, well, this is a new and exciting venture for you. Yeah. So eventually I'll, there'll be a course that you can um, access and it's called Yelling to Connecting. And in the meantime, while you're waiting for that course to be available, I created my own um audio. Cause like, that's what I wanted when I was about to yell, or I wanted something to listen to, to like, basically to help me talk me off myself off the le- ledge. So it's called a rage break and you can, and it has four steps. Um, pause. Let me see if I can remember what they are. Um, and then move your body because your body needs help to move through. Like if you're feeling intense rage, you got to move your body. Right. So, Um, I walk you through one pausing um, and then moving your body and then checking in and then self-compassion. So you can um, find it on my website and I think you're going to put a link in the show notes, but that'll be like an audio that you can be like, oh my gosh, I just lost it or I'm about to lose it or what? And then, you know find the audio, listen to it. There's like a printout so you can like put it in your bathroom or wherever you go and have your safe space where you can talk yourself through it. Um, There's a video of me doing the same thing so that hopefully you feel less alone and you have a tool for when you're in those moments. And I'm also writing a blog weekly and it's short, um, but it's, I try to be honest about you know, using these tools and how it's not always easy, you know, kind of like how it was before, kind of what I shared today, like how it was before um, and what I try to do now with these kind of intense situation, like with my own rigidity, with my own burnout, with my own difficult thoughts, because the more I can, you know, regulate myself, the more, like you said, I can show up for my kids. So if you want to feel like less alone in your difficult feelings, then you might enjoy the blog, which I also read it um, because I'm dyslexic as well. So I don't really like to read. So I I read it so that you don't have to read it. You can read it if you want, or you can listen to it. Sounds lovely. Well, thank you. Yes. And link will be in the show notes. And um, thank you again for coming on. I've absolutely loved i was saying let's just chat for 20 minutes and we've just i've just like listen tell me more tell me more it's so wonderful so thank you so much michelle really really wonderful to have you on well thank you for having me and thank you for doing this podcast because i feel like it takes a lot of courage to share this because not everybody is on board and i'm so grateful that you are willing to teach and share because Otherwise I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do it as a parent, you know, like I need people like you out there sharing helpful information and tools. So thank you for doing this podcast and sharing it with so many parents who I'm sure also are equally appreciative and grateful. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's lovely. Thank you. And, um, 
Yes, The Rage Break. I'm definitely going to be listening to that. That sounds amazing. Okay, thanks. See you next week. Great. Bye-bye.